welcome to Back to Debbie. We are the premier Debbie show brought to you by Campus to Canton. I'm Mike, and this is my co-host, Corey. We are drowning, drowning in off-season content. But the portal wrapping up, bowl games behind us, championship going on right now while we're recording this. I hate that, but it is going on. That means it is time for our early off-season ranking adjustments. But first, Corey with the news. Yeah, and a little bit of a light news cycle to start with. So we'll head over to the transfer portal first. Um, and your guy, uh, quarterback Brady Allen, who was a freshman for uh, Purdue last year, entered the portal uh, when Jeff Brom ended up going over to Louisville. Maybe he thought he was going to go over to Louisville as well. He decided to back out and go back to Purdue. So maybe some hope there to maybe get some playing time over there. Um, we've got another guy that's kind of a, our guy, Akin Prather. He has uh, committed to Maryland. Um, Justin Williams Thomas, freshman running back from Tennessee last year, uh, originally committed to Stanford, but now has flipped to Cal. Uh, we'll get into him a little bit later, but uh, I didn't really like that move for him. We've got Carson Steele, uh, a.k.a. Thor, uh, going from Ball State and has committed to UCLA now to help replace uh, Zach Charbonnet over there. Um, should be an interesting battle between him and TJ Harden over there. And uh, we've got J. Michael Sturdivon entering the portal, a guy that I was hopeful to enter the portal, kind of being under the radar over there at Cal. Um, and then over to some NFL draft news. We talked about these two guys last week, still waiting for their declarations, but we finally got word that Michigan running back Blake Corum will not be declaring. He's going to be returning for his senior season at Michigan. Um, kind of disappointing for uh, all the De- Donovan Edwards fans out there. And then we got Marvin Mims over at Oklahoma, who did decide to declare and will be in the NFL draft this year. I did not know that he declared, so that's news to me. But let's get into our player profiles here. So we're going to go with Zach Evans, running back out of Ole Miss, originally from TCU. He went for 144 attempts for 930 yards, nine touchdowns, three fumbles, though. Uh, And then receiving, he had 19 targets, but 12 receptions for 119 yards. Zach Evans, to me, is, I mean, he's a bruiser, but by choice. Let me just get into it. I think he's one of the best pure rushers in this class. And you'll hear some people say that, he might be a better pure rusher than B. John Robinson. He doesn't lose any speed in his cuts, like 0%. I mean, he has amazing hip flexibility for a running back. Uh, he just he just moves unnaturally. And the fact is, too, this is why I say that he's a bruiser, is because I think he chooses violence. Like, he literally chooses to be violent. It's not a vision issue. I've seen some people say he has bad vision, but you can see his head move while he's running. Like, he's very self-aware of the space around him and how much time he has to make a decision. And I've seen him like get caught. You know, there's there's like two or three guys in front of him. And I, I think he really knows that he can like make the guy miss. But he's going to get caught on the second guy. And then he just chooses, well, I'm just going to go through him. I'm just going to go through him and get the same yards anyway. And I've seen that a lot on his tape. So it's not that I think he has a vision issue. I just think he has a, uh, a, cho- a violence issue. And so, which I kind of love that. It's almost like a Marshawn uh, Lloyd type mentality. So Lynch. <laughs> Lynch, damn. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that comp before. I actually like that comp, actually, oh, with, really? him, so with some of that bruising style. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. I've yeah. heard that before. So, yeah. And I know his, his receiving 12 from 119, like that's not really dynamic numbers, but he does actually have good receiving chops, too. But again, I, I think he's, for me, he's the locked in RB3. Now, for like the community, I don't think that's going to be consensus. So, I, it's definitely a guy I'm be targeting heavily if I have a mid second, or I'm sorry, mid first, excuse me, mid first, late first. I'm going to target Zach Evans heavily. I, I really do love this guy. I think he has workhorse skill set and then really high-end NFL traits. So that's my take on Zach Evans. 
Yeah, and I do agree with a lot of what you said, but we do have to point out there is some red flags to his profile, oh, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, Go ahead, he, hit he, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying he's kind of had a weird, weird career, right? He had the weird recruiting cycle where he was like bouncing from team to team, couldn't make a decision. Um, and then he kind of had a weird few years at TCU where there was kind of rumors where he was saving himself for the NFL draft. He was maybe injuries were being a little bit uh, exaggerated so that he could give more playing time to other guys, keep himself fresh. Um you know, they didn't really want to touch the ball much, you know, and a lot of people put that as a red flag on him. Right. But I thought he looked really dynamic when he did get the ball. I agree with you as a rusher. Um, this is a guy who had like a crazy shuttle time, I think coming out too. you see some of that quick footwork from him. Um, he ended up transferring to Ole Miss. Uh, I thought it was going to be a big year for him, but I'm going to be honest. I recently have been reviewing some of his tape, trying to finalize my film grades uh, for this year. Um, I'm going to say I came away pretty underwhelmed with some of his vision. I know you were saying that there is sometimes in the, in the open field where he wants to take on tackles. I'm not talking about that so much. I, I saw him missing some holes at the line of scrimmage, kind of missing a cutback lane that was open there as well. Uh, I feel like he had trouble identifying them at times. Um, looked like the, the play was designed to go certain ways and he would kind of just take on contact. Like you said, he feels good about being able to take on contact, which works for him sometimes. But there were times where I thought he was missing some of those holes. So um, I don't want to put, too much on the season as well there is something some rumors that the injuries he was dealing with are worse than than he led on to be he still he tried to play through them and stuff I thought he looked pretty good at his TCU days as well I didn't see a lot of the same stuff that I saw in this film so um I don't want to put too much more on it I just I thought I was expecting a little bit more um from this year after I got to looking at some of his all 22 still fairly high for me as well he's he's RB3 right now I think he has a skill set yep. the NFL is going to love. I'm uh, I'm just starting to feel like there's some red flags that do make him a riskier pick. Yeah, durability issues I can definitely agree with. I, I just think once the comment rolls around, you just said he had like a best three cone. Like he's going to wow people at the combine. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you know, the five-star pedigree, as much as like I don't want to think that matters when it comes to NFL drafts, I do think the minor like red flags like, Teams are willing to just brush to the side because they see a five-star pedigree. Like, oh, okay, this is right. And he could have just been—he he, could have just been an indecisive kid who couldn't decide where he wanted to go, and maybe he didn't want to play through some nagging injuries at TCU. Like, I don't know. I, we don't really know the full story there. There's just some unknown there to to, to be aware of. Yeah, we just want to supply everyone with the context here. Let's go on to our next profile here. Let's talk about Jordan Addison, uh, wide receiver from USC, uh, 59 receptions, 875 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, he missed weeks eight through 10, uh, but I mean, would have been on pace for probably a thousand, a thousand two hundred yard season. Sophomore Blitnikoff winner, originally from Pitt, transferred to USC. I think he got five million dollars for that. But anyway, uh, I, he's he's dynamic. I mean, I think he's a great route runner. He struggles in the test of catch situations, which, you know, he's a skinny guy. He's six foot 175. So that makes sense. And and very easy comps to him are, are to uh, Devon. Devonta Walker, Devonta Walker, excuse me, Devonta Smith of the Eagles. And it's not a lazy comp. I do think it's a good comp. I've seen you people also say uh, Calvin Ridley, which I also like that too. But again, two really dynamic guys. And here's my, uh, my worry, Corey, is that both of those guys found a lot of success behind a extremely dynamic wide receiver one. And it's super unfair to call these guys wide receiver twos because they're really not. It's more like a 1B role. Um, but that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that Addison might need a dynamic guy to take away like the, you know, to face number twos on, on the offense or something like that. So on the defense. So I, I don't know. I'm a little worried about that. I, I am a sizist, but I think Devonta Smith has really proven me wrong about skinny guys. He really is dynamic. I love him a lot though. I really do. Dynamic, great hands, 
um, gets into space really well. I mean, really great space creator. What do you think about JSN? Not JSN. Oh my gosh. Jordan Addison. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that throughout his career, I've never really been a huge Addison guy. I do remember when I looked at his freshman season a few back, I came away a little underwhelmed uh, with the open field ability. You know, I wanted to see him, you know, force a little more missed tackle, especially for his size. Came away a little underwhelmed with the route running, kind of rounded his routes a little bit. But it's been two years since then, and he's definitely rose for me since then. He's, you know, he's finally taking over games at USC, which is one of the things I wanted to see him really be a, a wide receiver one. He played outside as well a lot more this year, which is something I also wanted to see. He showed that inside outside versatility, which is something. Yes, but I generally agree with you on the complimentary wide receiver comment. I do think of this guy as a Devontae Smith, less so Calvin Ridley. I think of him as Devontae Smith, a guy who is probably going to be better as a wide receiver two for an NFL team, a guy who's going to flash every once in a while. Still a great pick. Devontae Smith is, is still a great dynasty pick right now, a guy who you can start weekly and still has wide receiver one weeks in him. And I just I just feel like I, I feel like that's Jordan Addison's um trajectory on the next level as well a guy that maybe i don't know hasn't wowed me in open space hasn't wowed me with the wow catches and stuff like that but is all around a really great talent who probably will see success at the next level yeah i just worry that from the comments we're making that he's like landing spot dependent you know maybe he needs a really good quarterback good volume you know um but I, i do agree too unlike yak situations i don't think he has like tackle breaking ability yeah like that's just not there i think he gets he gets hit like that's it so uh let's go on to our ranking show now we are doing a ranking update today uh it's end of season portals over coaching carousels over for the most part i mean the portal's not over there's still a few guys in there but like you know it's it's mostly done so we can kind of just go ahead and not hold back here now the first question i got is just we're, we're going to shoot from deep early on early predictions on who will be the quote unquote, out of nowhere running back for the 2024 class. Um, I'm just going to give a tier that's for me. For me, that tier is is Jarquez Hunter, Auburn running back, Devin Neal, Kansas running back, Trey Benson from Florida State, uh, Quentin, Quentin Jackson from Utah, and Roman Hemby from Maryland. Uh, for me, though, actually, no, I don't want to go first. Corey, I want you to go first on this one. Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty pretty good tier list of players of guys who could rise. We saw guys like Roman Hemby do really well this year, um, really became the main guy for Maryland over there. Jarquez Hunter uh, kind of flashed a little bit as well. I've, I've kind of always been a little bit lower on him, but he, he flashed a little bit there too. I would say Devin Neal's pretty well known. He's pretty he's valued pretty high. So it, it's tough to, tough to uh, say that he's a potential breakout. But my guy here, I've talked about him a little bit. We've talked about him a little bit. Um, pretty easy answer for me if you know me. Um, and I'm going with FSU running back Trey Benson. Um, this is a guy who had a nasty, nasty knee injury in his first year at Oregon. As a four-star freshman, a pretty high-ranking recruit, um, followed it up by playing there pretty sparingly before transferring over to Florida State this year and really kind of seeing a rebirth of his career, right? Um he was he was pretty efficient in the beginning of the, of the of the year, but we didn't see him much. You know, he did have this crazy week zero actually, where PFF credited him with 18 missed tackles forced in one game. He only had 11 carries and he had 18 missed tackles forced. I mean, that was that's ridiculous. Um, but he really didn't take over the backfield this year until about week nine, kind of getting his legs under him, still still recovering from that injury. And over the last six games of the season, went over 110 scrimmage yards in four out of six uh, games, finished with six touchdowns as well. Um, and he finished in top six in like numerous advanced metrics, you know, yards after contact per attempt, uh, missed tackles forced, breakaway rate, uh, PFF rushing grade. And this was all with like 
uh, just a portion of, of the rushing attempts that FSU had this year. And now speaking of that, the main guy who he was splitting backfield work with uh, in Treshawn Ward, he just entered the transfer portal, essentially leaving Trey Benson as the top guy going into 2023. So I'm pretty excited about this guy's potential um, heading into the next season. I think he's going to be one of those guys who's going to pop up out of nowhere. I currently have him at RB 16. Now, that's with taking out the 2023 guys. Okay, so this is fresh. This is just from the 2024 class on. He's at my RB16 right now. It's a pretty loving ranking right now, but I, I have some. I have a lot of hope for this guy to potentially break out next year and uh, really climb maybe even higher than this by the time uh, we're talking about this next year. Dude, I also have an RB15, by the way, without the 2023 class in there. Nice. Uh, we We're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do think this is the right pick here. I, I liked him. I do remember that week one because we threw some water on that fire because everyone was reacting to it. it. It was an FCS school that we can't pronounce and that we got yeah. scolded for by our founders <laughs> for not for the Debbie team not knowing how to pronounce an FCS school. Like, excuse me. So anyway, uh, Duquette or whatever, Dunkesque. Yeah, what, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> whatever. All right, anyway, I, I do like the answer a lot. I am going to go with uh, Jaquindon Jackson because Trey Benson just got taken, but I like Jaquindon Jackson a lot. Uh, former dual threat quarterback, quarterback three of the 2020 class is going into his fourth year. He converted to running back a little bit last year, but more in this year, originally committed to Texas, came over to Utah state, ended the year with 79 attempts for 530 yards and nine touchdowns. That's 6.7 yards per attempt. Now he saw a huge increase in workload kind of starting around week 10. And that's like the end of the season. So he's there for the conference championship, the bowl game. His efficiency lasted against even tougher defenses. So that's what I like about him. 29 missed tackles forced on 79 carries. I mean, that's insane. And then rush attempts over 10. Like he has 12 rush attempts over 10 for 79, 79 attempts. The point is that he's super efficient. The one bad pro part about his profile is that he only has one reception for like eight yards. Like that's it. But he is out there on passing snaps. He's running routes. He has a positive A dot. So I think he's doing he's he's getting the concept. He's just, the production just hasn't come. So I think it's gonna come this year. And on top of that, just the way uh, Corey cleared up the depth chart there for FSU, he, they lose Michael Bernard to the portal. He's gone. And Tavion Thomas is to the draft. He is set to become the lead running back in Utah. Now, Zach Moss was a Utah running back that got drafted in the third round a few years ago. Has not been a hit. I think Jaquindon Jackson is the best athlete that Utah has had for just some time. I mean, definitely way better than Zach Moss. So I don't know how far back because that's kind of as far back as I can go. But he's one of the best athletes we've seen in that backfield. He he runs the way now. He runs very uh, turnover conscious. He keeps that ball real tight. His arm up high. Doesn't use that offhand as much as I want him to 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 do some uh, to do some like stiff arms or whatever swipe away defenders' arms. So. The fact that he's already so efficient, but just not using uh, a his full body, honestly, in these plays, means that he's not at his ceiling yet. And so I'm very excited about the volume coming in. One more offseason to learn the position. I think Jaquindon Jackson is going to be a huge riser coming, coming draft time. All right, now let's move on to our next question. Let's talk about some guys that crept up the, on the radar. Now, this radar, guys, these are guys that are – they caught our eye, but we're not really sure where to put them right now. Uh, Corey, you want to go first on this one? 
Yeah, I'll start with another guy, just get this guy out of the way. Another guy that I've talked about a little bit, a guy that I was hopeful to enter the transfer portal and has now entered the transfer portal, and that's J. Michael Sturdivant out of Cal. A really under-the-radar prospect. Um, you know, he's kind of remained under wraps because he's been playing at Cal, but, you know, redshirted his first year, finally got to start his first season at Cal this year, um, finished as second-leading receiver with over 750 yards, led the team in touchdowns with, I think, seven or eight Um Showed inside and outside versatility too, which is always something I like to see. I love to see that that they can play any position on the field, get on the field faster once they get to the next level. Um, and this is a guy who has a faster 100-meter and 200-meter time than Xavier Worthy, the guy we're all in love with his speed. This is a guy who runs faster, except he stands at 6'3 and 205 pounds. So we're talking about a size speed freak here that can really blow up in his new situation. You know, I'm, I'm really eager to see where he's going to end up in the portal. There's been reported a lot of interest in him um, from a lot of the top programs. So uh, I'm going to be very interested to see where he can end up. And I think he's going to be a big climber by the time uh, this time next year. My guy's going to be Devontae Walker, former Kent State wide receiver, going to UNC to play with Drake May. Uh, now, I know there's rumors about Drake May hitting the portal, but it hasn't happened yet. So I'm just going to assume it's not going to happen at this point. Like, it's been kind of late. So Devontae Walker is going to be set for the wide receiver one for a Heisman contending quarterback with no real competition on the roster. He's six foot three, 200 pounds. He lit it up this year. I mean, he's he's a long strider who who clearly pulled away from from top D, like from Georgia DBs. I mean, Georgia's like the staple of, of – of athletic uh, defensive talent. I mean, they're playing right now in the national championship and he put up hundred, hundred yards on them. No problem. I mean, a screenplay he took to the house. I mean, a screenplay at six foot three, 200. So he's a high level athlete. He is going into his fifth year though. I do have to mention that in 2019 didn't play 2020. His season was canceled because he went to a uh, Juco school and then he went from Juco to FCS, which is Kent state, not FCS, excuse me, bottom G five. So G five for uh for two years and now he's going to be playing his fifth year at unc should come to the draft now he's got that alpha size great athletics i think he's gonna he's a pretty easy pick here so devontas walker for me is my biggest radar ad and i'm feeling pretty good about him going forward where do you currently have him ranked in your wide receivers just out of curiosity oh give me one second he is he is drum roll drum roll please <laughs> Wide receiver 26. Oh, see, that's not actually that bad. You know, I have him at wide receiver 29, and that's with 2023 guys taking out. So I might have him a little bit too high, actually. Oh, mine's <laughs> with 2023 guys in. So Yeah, so I might be a little bit high, I guess. Well, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. There, I think that, you know, like you were talking about his profile, there is some things to be a little bit concerned about. You know, he'll end up being a very late declare. He's going to be a G5 to P5. We don't know how that's going to work out. We've seen it work out sometimes. We've also seen it not work out yeah. sometimes. So there's definitely some risk there. But I do love the player. Obviously, I have him ranked fairly nicely too. I should probably take a little, another look at that though. Maybe I got it too. I, I do think because <laughs> I have him right next to Tillman for me. Like they're kind of similar profiles, but I like his athletic profile a little bit more than Tillman's. Yeah, I have him right next to uh, to. Victoria McMillan from uh, Arizona, yeah, which I'm pretty low on as well, I guess. But yeah, I have him. He's right above there and right with right with Caden Prather right around there. So yeah, he's he's an interesting guy there. Um, I'll go on to my next guy here, a guy that we talked about probably about mid-season. Um, guy that kind of faded off near the end of the season once a lot of uh, some other guys got healthy. But a guy by the name of Colby Young, wide receiver at Miami. Um, this is a JUCO kid, big tall kid, 6'5", 215 pounds. 
uh, really didn't see any playing time till about week six or seven, I believe, uh, with some injuries, you know, and saw a steady increase of snaps and targets over the following four games from that point, you know, and, and in that, in that section of games, he led the team in receiving yards, led them in catches and led them in touchdowns during that span. I also thought that it was pretty impressive that he earned the targets, um, with Tyler Van Dyke. And then once he got injured, he still got the targets with Jake Garcia. He was essentially acting as a number one receiver while these guys were all injured. So, um, you know, the, the guy started to return to health and, and the snaps were kind of divided a little bit more down the stretch. But I think that he did do enough and looked good enough to me that it, it was enough to hop on my radar. So I believe I have him close to about the wide receiver 40 range um, for a guy that wasn't really on my radar at a wall hopping into the top 40 in my position. It is worth mentioning. Damn, I'm in the same spot. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, I like <laughs> I love Cole Young. I, you you're the one that brought him up to me uh, mid like early season after his first game breaking out. I love him. Uh, great guy. So let's go on to my next one here. Uh, I'm going to talk about Malachi Fields, UVA wide receiver here. I'm a little nervous about this one because Brandon Armstrong is gone. That 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 team looked terrible last year. Uh, just being honest, they really did. He got limited stats coming from back from injury, like 20 snaps, but I like, turned that into like five for 58 and a touchdown. So he's clearly an early read for the quarterback there. He's six foot four, 215. He's a three-star athlete coming out. Came back from injury, played one game, um, and then that tragic incident happened at UVA, and they canceled the season. So didn't get a good look for him for the rest of the year. So this is more really going off a of super small sample size, but I really like – what I saw from Malachi Fields, no one's talking about him. So I guess I'm just going to be drafting him all over the place and getting good value on him, or so I hope. Yeah, no, I remember when you brought him up. I can't remember. It was like mid-season or something. When he was having those nice games acting as like the wide receiver one, I actually came away like 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 decently impressed too. And, you know, you know because they got their season canceled, this is a guy who, who could – probably going to end up being under the radar if i look at my rankings right now where do i have him? i don't even i've got him at 42 so not not that bad of a spot i'm interested to see what he can do as well but um i'll go on to my last guy here and i'm going to talk about arizona state wide receiver elijah badger this guy was a, a pretty impressive prospect he was actually an athlete in the 2020 uh, class high four star prospect some people were even worried he was going to play db uh, at one point but he ended up going to arizona as a wide receiver stuck to it um, this guy who has good size, 6'2", 190 pounds, really didn't get to play much through his first two years. He ended up redshirting his first year, um, didn't didn't play too much uh, last year, but finally broke out this, lead, this year, uh, led the Sun Devils in receiving yards and touchdowns with uh, 863 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, Showed off that versatility I, I keep talking about playing inside and out, was really the go-to guy for Arizona State this year. Um, showed some really nice elusiveness in the open field too, and I went to go look at PFF just to see if, if the numbers lined up, and he forced 25 missed tackles over the season, which is a pretty decent number for a wide receiver. Um, wasn't getting that crazy amount of volume either, so I still like to see that number. I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's reaching his potential i think there's a solid foundation of skills there to buy into so again this is another guy i've got somewhere in my early 40s range late 30s range and i'm just going to keep an eye on him and see how he improves through this year my last guy here is going to be elijah spencer uncc unc charlotte transferring to minnesota right goes to i can't remember the coach's first name but mr peck the guy from western michigan the guy that helped make Corey davis and all those other guys from western michigan uh so his first his his wide receiver ones do get drafted. Like Bateman was the last big name to come out of there. Uh, Elijah Spencer was number four in receiving among second year players. So his stats for the year were fifty seven for nine twenty eight and nine touchdowns. He's six foot one, one sixty one ninety three. So he's got good size. I just don't I don't know what he's going to look like at this level 
And then again, Minnesota likes to run the ball more like the pass, but it's a huge turnover there of, of the uh, leadership. So new quarterback, the Greek rifle is coming out uh, and we don't know who's going to be running back there. So it's a little bit of too many variables to go long, to go wrong, but Elijah Spencer has great size. He was a three level threat at a G five level, the AAC. And so now he takes his talents to the power five and he's going to look good in that golden maroon and Minnesota fans can stop harassing me online about my Mo rankings and be excited about my Elijah Spencer. Rankings. <laughs> so, so I, I do like Elijah Spencer. He is again, another G five to P five transfer. Those guys work out sometimes and sometimes they don't, but usually, usually, you know, by like week two or three. So I'll, I'll find out early on. All right, let's go on to our next question here. And we're, we're going to go on to the 2025 class here, the QB class specifically. We are locked in on our top five QBs here. They just, they really haven't changed since last year, uh, except for Drew, Drew. I mean, Connor Wegman for me moved up. But anyway, it's rare to have five QBs go in the first round of draft. We've seen it kind of lately. We're not going to hit it. We didn't hit it last year. We had one last year. We're, we're thinking three this year. At least that's what I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe four. I think that would be a mistake, but maybe four. But anyway, five quarterbacks that we're both really high on. And I want you to make the decision right now if one guy is going to flop, who is it going to be? And we're talking about Drew Aller, Devin Brown, Cade Klubnick, Connor Wegman, and Ty Simpson. And that's uh, Penn State, Ohio State, Clemson, Texas A&M, and Alabama. Do you want to go first? Want me to go first on this one? I'll let you take this one. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to go with Ty Simpson. Um Here's why I got to watch Jalen Milrow play every single game this year that, that they were up on and Jalen Milrow did not look good. And uh, he's been waiting his turn. And I know that Ty Simpson is a true freshman. He probably shouldn't be getting too many snaps, but if Jalen Milrow comes out next year and looks just as bad as he did this year, I think that's going to speak volume to Ty Simpson's progress as a, as a quarterback. So I, I am really concerned because I, I'm more judging him based on who's actually playing, you know, kind of like how we're all out on Evan Prater now from, from Cincinnati because we just watched Ben Bryant play the whole year. It's, it's similar to that. So if, if Tyson is not the starter, I'm going to be very concerned. Now I brought this up to our co-contributors here at campus again and Colin uh, eased my mind because he was like, when I have these tough decisions, I go check out the Vegas Heisman odds. <laughs> and Ty Simpson has a higher Vegas, uh, has a higher Heisman odd than, uh, Jalen Milrow. So maybe Vegas is predicting Ty Simpson starts, but I, I do think Ty Simpson is the one on this list that's going to have struggle just because the other guys all have a very clear path, path to playing time. Right? They're going to get it. We've already seen glimpses of three of these guys and we know one is going to a quarterback factory. So this kind of is just like the odd man out. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it right there. I think Simpson probably the right call. You know, it's a, he's got a few things working against him. You know, Alabama seems to like Jalen Milrow for whatever it's worth. It's possible they're going to go and ride with him. Maybe go back to a running team that takes take the shots downfield, play a little more defense. You know, kind of like the Jalen Hurts era of Alabama. Like maybe they're going to go back to that. Um, this is a guy who also kind of liked to play a little bit of backyard ball, you know, likes to get out of the pocket, hit that big play down the field. You know, kind of the thing you guys all hate J.J. McCarthy for. I kind of see a little bit of that in Ty Simpson as well. Um, I could see that being a little bit frustrating for coaches. He's a little bit underweight as well, although I did notice he was listed a little bit closer to that 200 mark, which is getting better. Um, so he did put on weight through the season, which is I think he's at 198 right now. But um so there's some potential pass for flopping there for him as well. Again, but if he starts and then it, then it changes everything. I think if we're taking him out of the equation, 
I got to go with guys that we've seen some of. One, we haven't seen any of. Um, so I'm not even comfortable saying him. So I'm going to go with a guy that we have seen some of. Uh, so my other contender for this spot is going to be another underweight guy, and that's going to be Cade Klubnik at Clemson, the guy that we've seen a little bit a lot of in the last couple of weeks here. Um, already got on the field. He's not going to face internal competition next year. He's probably going to be the guy next year. So he's got that going for him. I'm just not sure if we've seen anything yet to really be excited about. Um, us here at C2C, we were already a little bit lower on him just because, you know, he's kind of had a lack of a defining trait too. He didn't really impress us with the arm, um, had a fairly thin frame. Legs were like, okay. They added a little bit, but not really anything to write home about. Um, looked frantic in the pocket this year as well. I mean, so if I'm forced to choose somebody from this list, with Simpson already gone. I think this is the next guy for, for me, you know, that I feel worst about in this list. I mean, but he's still young, still got a full off season as a starter, could see some improvements here, but, but yeah, when it comes to these guys, he's the, he's the next guy that I'm least excited about. So do you agree though? It's Ty Simpson. Like if, if you were allowed to pick the same guy. Yeah, so, that's, that's yeah. where I would go to. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, who are some of our biggest fallers this year. Uh, I'm going to speak for both of us here because i assume Corey has the same way uh every year one zero fell from my rankings not fell but like you know they're they're dropped so cj williams if you were high on him i dropped him from my rankings taylor chetron i think is like wire receiver 75 for me something like that uh they've all dropped for me the exception being a few three stars who did get some playing time but might not have hit the year one zero marks because year one zero theory actually only goes to top 300 we don't know about after that just because it's so rare to get drafted uh, after that so some fringe radar guys like amari evans he's still kind of in the same spot which isn't high like, i think he's in the 70 to 80 range for me maybe in the 60 range and penn state's not bringing anybody in so like i'm kind of my toes are still in the water Corey. i might, I might have like a whole a whole kneecap in there honestly but um <laughs> but uh so some followers for me obviously every year one zero uh i'm a little concerned about um Jojo Earl, I'm going to talk about. He's my wide receiver 29, I want to say, and he was probably wide receiver 12 going into the season for me. Transfer from Alabama to TCU. I don't mind that. TCU does feature the X, not the slot, but I thought maybe he can learn both sides, be really dynamic like one of those guys. Uh, TCU apparently is still fishing for for uh, wide receiver talent, and I did see the rumor they're looking into J. Michael's third event who is an ex receiver. And if J Michael goes to TCU, for example, it's not narrowed down. I think he's like, they're like top four, but if he goes to TCU, for example, then yeah, I, I am very concerned about Jojo Earl because I think it's going to be a, the J Michael show over there. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I, like I was saying, I did take the 2023 guys out of my rankings. So Jojo Earl for me right now is at wide receiver 20. So, you know, okay. with the other guys gone, it's probably around the same the same spot. He was a guy that I think we all had bigger hopes for this year. You know, started the year off with the injury, never really got off on the right foot after that, especially with, for a room that was really looking for producers, right? So um, it's unfortunate kind of the way things went for him, but maybe some new life at, at TCU, but definitely worthy of a fall. Um, I'll head over to my first faller. Another easy pick here. A lot of people are probably talking about this one. And I'm going to talk about Texas running back Jade on Blue. Um I mean, this guy barely got any playing time this season, right? And even when he did play, only mustered 33 yards on 15 carries. So, I mean, didn't have the greatest season for a guy that we had a lot of hopes for. This guy was going in like the second round of C2Cs uh, uh, last year um, at this time. He came in um, underweight as well. We thought that he was going to come in around 200 marks and uh, around 200 pounds. And uh, he somehow lost weight throughout the season as well. I think he's listed at like 191 now, um, which is just another bad point to add to this season um he finally did have a chance to make some noise 
in this upcoming bowl, right? And there was even reports coming out of practice that were good, that he was really stepping up. Um, you know, Roshan Johnson off the NFL, Bijan Robinson off the NFL. He was going to have a chance to play, and he had a good week of practice. And then he proceeded to get zero snaps. I mean, zero snaps in the entire game. And, it, I mean, they they saw Keaton Robinson and Jonathan Brooks only go for 45 combined rushing yards on 14 carries and still didn't give the guy a snap. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on there. There's been some transfer portal rumors as well for him. And honestly, that might be the best move for him because Brooks is returning next year. Um, Keelan's going to be returning next year. Uh, you've got our early running back one in the 2026 class as well heading there. So it just seems like an uphill battle for Jadon Blue to kind of gain any value there at Texas. And me personally, I'd honestly be hard-pressed to take him like until at least maybe round like eight or 10 in a dynasty, in a Debbie startup right now. He's currently in my RB thirties right after what did I say was 35. when We were talking at the beginning of the, of the show. So yeah. And that still yeah. might be a little bit high. So I, I could still probably drop him a little bit more on that, but yeah, he's not a guy I'm very excited about anymore. He was also on my list. I had him at RB 58 and I do have my originally rank, my original ranking next to him preseason, or I just say from like, like I'm talking about like spring. So when I thought he was weighing 200 pounds, he was capped out at RB 10 for me. So this is a 48 spot fall for me. Yeah, I do one. think, I do think like with his weight being 190, and I, and I don't know if it looks any bigger or not. I haven't really seen him look bigger. He's getting like went to that pass catching role for me. Anyway, so I, I am, I am very much out on Jadon Blue. I will not be drafting him. He's definitely not a value for me. So I, I'm with you for all those facts you said. Um, I did drop a few of the running backs from that class too. Most of you guys that didn't really get any go. For example, Justin Williams Thomas, who just transferred, not transferred, but who just flipped his commitment from transferring from Stanford to Cal. I mean, Cal's already got Jaden Ott. Like he's not going to play over Jaden Ott. And then like they got Carwell too. Yeah. Yeah. Just they got Carwell, who we, we kind of are still in on, but like again, like is he better than Carwell? I don't know. So I don't understand this. He's dropping my rankings like a rock. And then also R- Ramon Brown, another freshman that I was really high on because I thought that the Maryland backfield was relatively untalented and they had no one that was really coming back. Ramon Brown had a very complete skill set, but like nothing really special, just above average across the board. Uh, he's gotten like, I think, three catches and like maybe one rushing attempt on the year. So I don't really know what the exact stats are, but they're not. They're not anything to write home about. So I am also dropping Ramon Brown deep into my rankings past Jadon Blue. So, yeah, right. we really saw him be kind of take over there. So it really kind of lost yeah. his opportunity there. But um, I'll head over to mine, my next guy here, um, and he, he, you know what, he didn't fall a lot but i continue to feel worse and worse about this guy okay and that's usc wide receiver mario williams okay um i think after the freshman season he had you know uh and the way he started the spring with caleb williams at usc you know how going for those two touchdowns in that spring game i think most people were expecting some pretty big things out of him this year um but he didn't really deliver he ended up finishing third on the team in receiving yards um and thanks to brendan rice's big game last week he almost held to fourth he was only like 30 yards he would have been fourth on the team in receiving um it feels like he's really failed to make an impact with this team you know um especially in this last bowl game everyone's probably saying okay you know what jordan addison's gone he's going to the draft this is going to be time for mario williams to shine on the big stage um and he, he ended up did getting the most targets on the game but finished third on the team in receiving actually fumbled that crucial kickoff return that essentially led to them losing the game um usc is going to bring in a load of talent this offseason as well you know um guys like dorian singer in the transfer portal um two of our of the c2c team's top five freshman wide receivers in this year's class also heading there so i mean after removing him the 2023 class from my rankings i ended up with him at wide receiver 28 and honestly i could see him falling even further than that 
you know I've never been a fan of Mario or Marvin Mims. I, I have him down at 78. Oh, wow. That's so low. <laughs> you hate Mario Williams. <laughs> uh, my original ranking of him was 44. So Okay, so you were, you've always been pretty low on him, yeah. The 23 class is still in, so once they leave, I think he'll go all the way up to maybe maybe, maybe 55. So I guess 55. But anyway. Yeah. All right, let's go on to my next guys here. I'm, I'm going to talk about two. I'm talking about Eric Gilbert. I think I was maybe one of the last people still in on that tight end. Um, he looked good in the spring and the positive reports out of camp were great. Um, and then like, that was it. Never saw him. So, um, and there was like reports of a car crash, which I thought was like, yeah, that's why he's not playing right now. I don't know why he's not playing, but the fact is that he's not playing and he's in the transfer portal. And I don't know if he's gone anywhere or not. So, uh, Eric Gilbert is actually just completely off the sheet. And then my last guy here is going to be Lorenzo styles. I want to say he was my wide receiver 12, Actually, I can probably say this. Uh, anyway, I thought he was he was up there for me because he, he capped off the year really. He's wide receiver nine. I see right here. He's wide receiver nine. And he's now currently wide receiver 43. Ooh. He had a great breakout bowl game performance. It was Marcus Freeman's first game. I was uh, just excited about the new offense there and Tyler Buckner and all that hype. And then uh, after the first eight plays of the Georgia game, we just haven't seen anything from that offense up until, up until this bowl game, which he didn't play. So Sam Hartman's coming in. He's he's a much better better quarterback than than Buckner is going to be, uh, so I am a little more back in on Lorenzo Styles. So I really got hurt pretty bad by this one, uh, but anyway, I, I do think he can bounce back out of all these guys. All right, let's go on to our biggest risers. Corey, you go ahead and start with this one. Who's the biggest riser for you? Yeah, this is a guy that I continue to kind of be excited about, okay? A little bit under the radar. I mentioned him a few times, um, and that's Syracuse freshman running back this year, this past year, in LeQuint Allen. Um, really helped on my radar when he entered the season as the as a running back two on the depth chart behind Sean Tucker as a true freshman. Um, and this was off reports. He had a great spring, um, and he really had a, a pretty sneaky good freshman season. He didn't really get a lot of usage. He wasn't used very much, um, but they used him in versatile ways. They got him to throw some passes. He was using the passing game a lot, um, had some big games in, in mop-up duty as well. Um, finally got his chance to be the lead guy in the bowl game this last weekend, went over 150 scrimmage yards, um, caught an absolutely ridiculous 11 balls as well, which is just insane for running back. Um, I think he, that he really showed the staff that he could be a reliable option for them next year. And, you know, and with Sean Tucker off the NFL, this performance is hopefully going to keep them from really hunting down their next guy in, in like going to, to the transfer portal or something, you know, and really feel good about him walking in into next spring with Allen as, as the running back one, right? Um, this guy's six foot, 195 pounds. So he's still going to need to add a little bit of weight, but it's not a terrible space uh, place to start, right? He does have the frame for it as well at six, at six foot. He's got, he's got some length to him. So he's got easy weight that he could add on to that frame. His skill set to me is kind of reminiscent to, to former Arizona state running back Rashad White. Um, you know, there's receiving prowess and that, and that similar slashing type of running style, right? I've, I've personally, um, with the new rankings, taken all my 2023 guys out. He's at running back 27 right now. And I feel pretty good about that spot because there is some risk to him still, but I could see him continuing to climb in the offseason, especially as we get more reports that he's really going to be the guy heading into next year. All right. My guy is a little bit of a surprise because we hate talking tight end, but Mason Taylor, LSU tight end. Uh, true freshman, he was like tight end 25. So, you know, nobody drafted him. But anyway, uh, he he's uh, my tight end too for his class right behind Oscar Delp. Um, 
I hate going, we all hate going to tight ends, but uh, he looked good. I mean, you don't really see freshman tight ends pop like that. I mean, Brock Bowers did, but like, it's not every single class you get a tight end pop the way that Mason Taylor has too. So he's got NFL size. He looks good. He looks good. So I just want to say he's on my list. He's, he's tight end 10, but again, he's tight end two in his specific class. So Mason Taylor is my biggest riser. I also want to say that like, because I'm looking on the side here. Some of my freshmen really, really bumped themselves. Like Antonio Williams, he was 25, and now he's he's wide receiver eight. Uh, Evan Stewart went from 16 to nine, and Luther Burden kind of just stayed the same at 10. So three guys all next to each other, and the Barry and Browns there too, at, uh, from 21 back up to 11. Anyway, that whole group right there, I really like a lot, and they're guys that I ranked in the 20s uh, pretty consistently. So I, I kind of like some of these younger guys that came up from me, really big guys. And then Malik Neighbors too, dude. Where do you have Malik Neighbors, by the way? You're on mute. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I was actually gonna gonna mention about after you mentioned Antonio Williams. I'm gonna read you my everybody knows I have Marvin Harrison at for at, at one, but I'm gonna read you right. my two to seven right now. Okay. My two is Emeka Igbuka, my three is Luther Burden, my four is Evan Stewart, my five is Barry and Brown, and my six is Malik Neighbors, followed by Antonio Williams right after him, by the way. So I mean, we're, yeah. we're pretty close there. Yeah, I think I think we're going to end up pretty close there once you take out your 23 guys, too. Yeah, I like that. I do have neighbors right now at 18 at 18. But I got some I got some freshmen in front of him and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I do like neighbors might be my number three in his class. Like, I, I am a little tired of talking about Xavier Worthy, but let's uh, let's roll into that actually right now. Uh, <laughs> I really am. Like, I want to talk about who who are the hardest guys to place in your rankings. I wrote a little thread on Twitter talking about like my biggest headaches, like internal debates on who to go for. And one of them was Xavier Worthy. So let's just talk about him right now. He was a wide receiver 15 for me. I put three freshmen in front of him. Last year, I only had one freshman inside my top 15, being Luther Burden. Uh, this is just two years in a row where I have to write in my notes, this guy needs to get better hands. Two years in a row. I mean, you can't be a deep threat and dropping balls the way he is. Um, and I know there's rumors of him going to USC, which I actually like. Like, I think I would prefer that with Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than Quinn Ewers. I can't like say that otherwise, but uh, I, I am a little worried about his hands and there's just been, I don't know if I've seen any improvement. I mean, he was great freshman year, but as far as improvements go, I don't know if I've seen any. Yeah, he got more targets this year, but had less receiving yards, caught fewer balls, caught fewer touchdowns, and like you said, continued to be plagued by the hands. I mean, we even saw it in this last bowl game here. PFF ended up crediting with three drops in that game alone. I thought I counted four when I watched it, to be honest with you. Um, So I don't know how their crediting works, but either way, his hands were just not not working with him. I I will say that I'm not ready to forget the freshman season yet or that his his skill set because i think the nfl is going to love him we see jalen hyatt's being mocked in the first round i think he's got similar issues too but um there's a chance he's going to the first round and draft capital equals opportunity right i still think he, there's a possibility he's going to get that so i want to give some leniency as well to all the turnover that texas had this year you know quinn ewers still kind of finding himself um still learning the ropes at the college level because he was definitely part of the issue let's not say he wasn't they didn't have no chemistry at all down the field for some reason um with him, all in all, I still ended up with him as a top 10 wide receiver. He's my wide receiver nine right now, I believe. Um, but I don't love it. I don't love it. It doesn't feel good to have him there. I, I, it's like if I was seeing his name in the draft, it's like not somebody that I'm like targeting or like if he's still left on the board, I'm not going to trade up to go get him. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, uh, he, he he had a freshman season for the ages that uh, one of the best freshman seasons we've ever seen. So I don't want to I don't want to forget that yet. Um 
I just think that Worthy has put a little bit more on his resume than a lot of other guys underneath him. So I'm not completely ready to jump ship on him as being a top 10 guy. Yeah. So I just, I don't know, like three years in a row, like we usually go three years in a row saying, yeah, he's got bad hands. Like, I'm, what am I, what am I getting here? Nelson Aguilar. But so yeah. I don't know. I, I am a little concerned. I'm not like, I'm not dropping from my rankings that far. I don't think we're actually 15 is that far. I think it was like eight before, but he's just, no. I don't know if I can put him in tier one. But anyway, let's, no, let's I, go on to our next one here. Wide receiver 20 for me was Bo Collins. Now, Bo Collins was a really decent freshman. He had a good year, six foot three, two hundred five. We love the size. Um, but we saw him start started getting passed up by Antonio Williams here. Even by midseason when he had the injury, it already felt like Antonio Williams was the wide receiver one in that offense. So there's a change in the guard. And and I understand DJU was not doing this guy any favors. He was just not. But I I, I think I think there's already been a change in the guard. I know you're a fan of Adam Randall too. And Adam Randall's similar size. Like what if Adam Randall takes over Bo Collins? I, so, which they're both high-end uh, talents, the true freshmen are. Uh, so I, I'm a little worried about his production profile progressing. And it's not, I'm, I'm worried about his production pro- profile progressing. So he's, he's wide receiver 20 for me. And I can honestly see myself dropping him from rankings early next season when I see him not being a priority target. Yeah, I was actually having a chat with some guys in, in one of my Debbie chats, and they were all like saying, oh, I'm surprised he hasn't entered the portal yet. And I was like, you guys are all going to be disappointed when he enters the portal and goes over to Oregon State to play with DJU again <laughs> and link up with him back over there. So, um, But yeah, he's we've talked about it before. He's a guy that it's like when you draft him, you never feel good drafting. We did that mock draft in the middle of the season. I think I took – I can't remember exactly when I took him. But it's like I didn't feel good about the pick. You know, he's just a guy that doesn't – hasn't done enough to really warrant like crazy attention where you feel like he's a stud. And now with this past year, the way he's gone downhill, it's, it's tough to see. So I'm with you. He's a hard one to rank. Um, like I said, I've taken out the 23 guys. I have him at wide receiver 17. So probably pretty much around the same area right now. And really it's just a ranking of, you know, just, just giving him some respect for what he's done to this point, because I could see that one dropping. Um, as well shortly into the new season. Um, one guy for me that, that was pretty hard to rank, um, especially, you know, being my fandom is with the Georgia Bulldogs, um, was running back Andrew Paul, a freshman last year, you know, and this, and this one can kind of be a cop-out because, um, because of the injury, you know what I mean? But it really is the answer when I'm looking at the rankings. You know, this is a guy, a lot of buzz in the preseason, was a late climber in the recruitment rankings, um, made a lot of noise during spring. I mean, he was even said to be looking better than Branson Robinson at one point during the spring. Some people thought he was going to be above him on the depth chart. Um, but then, of course, like we know, the ACL injury happens before the season and essentially puts a huge damper on everything. You know, and now there's questions. Is he going to be able to claim a big role? Um, is he going to look like himself only one year moved after the ACL? What if it takes two years now and we essentially don't see him looking good till till three years before we see any real production, right? So um, you've got Georgia too, routinely bringing in uh, new running backs all the time. They've got uh, uh, Roderick Robinson coming in, who I personally like quite a bit. Um, you still got Dejan Edwards and Kendall Milton returning, as well as Branson Robinson, a top 10 back for me in this class as well. So it, it's hard to see his path right now. I've dropped him a little bit because um, I still really like the talent. I think he's in the thirties or something for me right now. So I, I'm, I don't want to forget about the initial evaluation. I just, I want to give him a chance to bounce back before completely writing him off. Um, but he, he's getting hard to keep at that 30 spot. I wrote him off. I'm not going to write back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I like Roger Roberts is my RB two in the class coming in. Oh, nice. Um, he's my early uh, RB two as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So Andrew Paul's, 
coming off an ACL. So not only does he miss all that time to, to you know, to practice, learn the place, whatever, he's missed all that that production that he's been pretty much coming in with his next class, but he has an injury designator compared to Roderick Robertson, who is six foot one, two thirty, and Corey. These are the running backs who clock in at 21.5 miles per hour and weighing 230 pounds. It's Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Jordan Howard, Leonard Fournette, Bo Jackson, and then Roderick Robertson. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know, man. I do think he gets buried only because of injury. And I know like some people listening will be like, well, Zamir White had two ACLs. Yeah, but I mean, Kendall Millen's not good at football. I mean, just, the running backs there right now are not going to run down in the middle. So I, I do think... Branson takes over the field this year, and I think I think Roger Robinson's next up. So I'm going to the next one here for me. They gave me a headache. Travis Hunter. Travis Hunter is a is a dual position guy. Plays both ways, right? He is the number one recruit from last year's class, a DB who played both ends of the ball for Jackson State with Deion Jackson over at uh, Jackson State Jackson State University. Oh my gosh! And uh, he goes over to Colorado. I wanted to see what he looked like on tape, so I just I flipped on his highlight film. You know, I just typed into YouTube, Jackson, Travis Hunter. You know, and his highlight film was number two. Clicked on it because I just want to see what he looked like with the ball in his hands. And, Corey, I am telling you, this guy moves like Kadarius Tony in the open space. I mean, he moves like Kadarius Tony, which really blows my mind as a true freshman. Very athletic. And, and Austin told me about how athletic he was, but I got to see it for myself. So if this guy commits to being a wide receiver, which I don't think he will, but if he did – I'm putting this guy top 15, so I don't know. I got him at 29 right now. I don't know what to do about it because I don't know how many snaps he's going to play on the offensive side of the ball. And then once NFL draft rolls around, there's no way an NFL team's going to be like, yeah, you can play both ends of the ball. So I, I don't know what to do with him right now. Yeah, I actually don't have him ranked right now because I don't feel comfortable with my own personal evaluation of him just because I haven't taken the time to look at him, right? It's not like we're sitting here watching Jackson State games every weekend. I got to actually, you know, take the time to actually go and search out these games and actually watch him properly. But, um, you know, this guy was high pedigree guy, obviously, obviously has the skills. I do remember seeing highlights of him. Um, How big is he? What's his weight? 165. Yeah, like I remember him getting absolutely bulldozed by a running back, some highlight or something like that when he was playing DB for Jackson State. So I will, I do want to see him add some size as well. Um, but he's somebody that I don't uh, have currently ranked. I need to, I need to do a deeper dive in him to really get a, a proper feel about him. Um, I'll go on to my next guy here though. Um, might be kind of an interesting one here. Um, and I'm going to talk about Penn State running back uh, Katron Allen, true freshman this past year. You know, I think I was already initially more impressed this year. Um, with him that I thought I was going to be going into the season, especially, you know, the role he was able to carve out, you know, a long singleton in year one. You know, I think there is something to be said for the fact that we've talked about it before. Singleton is was a lot more raw coming out, um, a lot of outside runs in that triple option offense. Um, so there was a chance that Allen, you know, being a little more fine in between the tackles could see a role like this. But I may be surprised that he came in so high for me. Um, Right now, I have him as a top 15 running back, and it, it maybe makes me feel a little bit uneasy. Like, like part of me is concerned that, like, Singleton just completely takes over this backfield. You know, we know the type of talent he is. You really started to take command in the last, like, four or five games. I'm I'm kind of worried Katron could potentially become more complimentary, uh, complimentary, and we could be looking at, like, a, like a Jace McClellan type career arc for him, right? Playing in the back, constantly wondering, maybe we're going to need a senior season to really get a good look at him. So, um, 
I, I, maybe I occasionally worry about how dynamic he is as a runner as well. You know, things like yards per uh, yards after contact per attempt, pretty average uh, breakaway percentage, fairly low. Doesn't seem like the quickest or most elusive guy on tape, but I do think what he's done um, this year uh, and how he's done it in year one is worthy of a nice, nice ranking. I just feel uneasy about placing him at RB 14 right now. I do want to talk about another running back. I want to ask you first, uh, who's your RB one for 2024? Uh, right now I still have Henderson up there and I know, I, I know where you're headed for right now, but I'm willing to give the leniency with the injury, but I guess you're not allowed to, or you're not, willing I am, to. I am, I'm putting, yeah. I mean, I just talked about injury with, uh, with Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Paul, uh, but Renew Sanders is my RB three right now. So he would be my RB one if the 2023 class left and I ranked him over Trayvon Henderson and I'm really just hedging because of injury. I mean, just, I just, it's recency bison. It really is kind of what it is. But I thought Raheem Sanders looked really good. And then we look at a physical profile, too. I like his size a lot more, and I like Henderson's size, too. So I'm kind of using my sizeism and my recency biasy to make him my RB1. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm at the point now where I'd rather Raheem Sanders, who has no injury. And Henderson just went with her, what, a surgery and, like, two or three broken bones? Yeah, okay, so – so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. So it, it's it's hedging, but if someone wanted to have Henderson RB one, I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue. No, I him. I don't I don't I'm not gonna argue about it as well either. You know, I've I've been a Raheem Sanders guy since like the freaking beginning. I remember getting mocked taking him in like at the high third round last year, saying I was putting too much in on him. But I mean, it's just Mark, like look, really look cool. where we are now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, I mean, I'm willing to give a little bit to to Henderson. I still think Henderson's freshman season was probably one of the more impressive ones we've seen. Um, he's somebody who really understood his vision coming out as a high school prospect. One of the best vision in between the tackles uh, and instincts that I've seen from a uh, freshman running back. And it transferred to the field in year one. That's something that Raheem didn't have. Like he got the playing time um, because of his, his physical traits and everything. But if you watch the film year one for, for Raheem Sanders, it wasn't, he wasn't, particularly great in the open field. You know, he was kind of a pick his hole and get downhill quickly. This year, it completely changed. Though. This year, he became a much natural runner, a much more natural runner, really let his athleticism come out. There was a couple of times he's changing direction. He's going the opposite way. He's he's cutting in the open field. He looked 100 times better. And we know what kind of um, receiving upside this guy has as a former wide receiver too. Um, and then with the size and the athleticism, I don't know what he's, he's going to test like athletically. There is times where it looks like he gets caught out behind. Maybe he's a four or five guy, maybe somewhere in that area, four or five, five. I'm not too sure, um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you on that. He's a tier one running back for me as well. And, and probably in contention for running back one, depending on how uh, next year goes. My last guy here is going to be wide receiver 34 is Troy Franklin. Now I know a lot of people like Troy Franklin, including, contributors at campus can so this is really not in the group this is just me and again 2023 guys are still in the rankings here but troy franklin's my receiver 34 including the 23 class uh just because like i mean Corey, who doesn't like efficiency plus volume like we love that and that's what he is uh but when i watch his play style i don't ever see that play style translate to the nfl now i don't have any examples of of uh where they have gone and failed i just haven't seen any that have gone and succeeded like nothing else in mind Troy Franklin to me is six foot three. He's like 180. He's slender. He gets his separation based off body control using deceptive speed. He's not a route runner. Like he doesn't run routes. He's kind of more of a, a release package guy. He doesn't win the physical game either. So I, I don't know what to think about the next level. I think he's going to be uh, jammed the line pretty easily against NFL corners. I mean, it's great that he's dunking on Pac-12 guys. Like good for you, but I don't know about the NFL side of it. So uh, he's, Every, every if you're looking at the analytics, he hits everything that you would love to see. 
Um, just on film, I'm worried about his play style because I just haven't seen it be successful. I haven't seen it fail either, but I, just, I haven't seen it be successful. So I, I guess I'm I'm hedging and I don't want to bet on the outlier. Yeah, he was a guy that I was uh, a lower on entering the season. I was a guy I really wanted to see take over some games. I really thought last year that he was more of a complimentary piece. Um, I think didn't even top any games over, didn't top many games over like 60 or 50 yards last year. But this year was a lot different. I did see him take over some games. I saw a little bit more out of him that I wanted to see. So he did climb up my rankings a little bit. Um, He's at wide receiver 20 for me right now um, without 2023 class, obviously. So um, once you take your guys out, we might be generally close. You're probably going to be in the mid twenties there or something like that or late twenties, but um, he is wide receiver 20 for me. Cause I do think there is a skill set there. That's, that's interesting. Um, a lot of athleticism for his size, just so dang skinny. Like, you know, we got to see some weight added to him. Um, want to see him play a little bit more physical as well. Um, but for right now, I just think, you know, guys below him still got questions about guys in front of him feel better about. So I'm okay with him at wide receiver 20 for now. I'm interested to see what happens for him next year. All right, let's go on to the incoming freshman class. We're just we're just going to give you guys a little sneak peek because next week we are going to do our very first recruiting episode talking about the top end of the class. I just want to ask Corey if he has any any thoughts about the quarterback class of the 2026 freshman class for quarterback yeah i mean it's it's another it's another pretty impressive class right you've got some guys that are pretty interesting you've got you got the lineage and pedigree someone like arch manning um you got the flashy arm talent of a guy like nelson uh, malachi nelson going usc um the, the the consistency the polish of a guy like dante moore um a few other guys in, in nice situations like uh, like um jackson darnell going over to ou or or uh, austin novasad they're kind of a late riser uh in this class so i'm really looking forward to diving into it a little bit more rounding up my analysis on it a little bit um you know god knows we can use a few more quarterbacks to put in their rankings because after this recent update when i removed 2023 guys i mean i think after like quarterback 10 it's like i already have questions about everybody underneath that so uh definitely hoping that some of these guys can step up and, and uh enter uh like some, some good rankings here. I know I've got, I've got a couple of them already. I've got one, two, three already in my top 12. So hoping for some big things out of this class. I, I do like this class just about as much as I liked last class. So I'm definitely not, I'm not cold on it. I do have uh, one of the quarterbacks, which I'll remain nameless at QB five right now with the 23 class included. So he'll go up to number three. But as far as that goes, it drops all the way down to, uh, 11 and 12. So I also have three guys in the top 12 here. I, I do like the top of this class. So I, I am pretty excited about this group. Uh, let's go into the running back class, though. Uh, there's not a lot of talent I like at the top. Like my tier one is just two guys, uh, truthfully. And then my tier two is, is is another like four guys. But one guy might be playing wide receiver for Tennessee, talking about Camden Selden. He's six foot one, 220. He runs, I think a little over 21 miles per hour, uh, but he wants to play wide receiver and I don't think he has good hands. So I really hope he plays running back. Um, <laughs> he's at the all American bowl also playing wide receiver, not running back, but man, I hope he gets to college and, and they look at him and they're like, you need to play running back because you know, Justin Thomas is gone. Uh, Jabari smalls has like what one year and then he's going <clears> to, <throat> yeah. so I would really like, I would love for Selden to play running back, but anyway, two guys in my high end, top 30 running backs and that's going to be well i i can't say that i'll tell you guys next week you guys have to come back to that <laughs> one what do you think about the running back class Corey? 
Yeah, I know. I remember when I did my first early look at this class, I think midway through the season, maybe a little bit even before it, um, there was like three guys in the top 100 nationally, like LA consensus. Um, I think there's like five in there now. So some guys have, have definitely rose, but this class does feel like it's kind of missing like that, that Saquon Barkley, that, that Nicholas Singleton type, you know what I mean? Like that guy you can really hang your hat on mm-hmm. that you're really excited about. I mean, um, I definitely like a few guys, but just none that I'm really like over infatuated with at this time. You know, I love some of the size that this group is bringing. Uh, you know, I, uh, we've talked about before. I hate to see guys under 190, um, even under 200 really, but a lot of these guys are coming in around that or over that, you know, uh, Baxter, Roderick, uh, Haynes, young all coming in at like 200 or more so i like some of the size these guys are bringing starting off with a nice base to really build on build on their frame and, and that's some good situations too to potentially climb in this class but on first look you know i think it, i think it pales in comparison to some of the classes before it yeah i agree it's, it's, it's a weaker class in my opinion let's go over to the wide receiver group i do like this class i put three inside my top 15 because i'm looking at the first one I have now inside my top 15 with my joint rankings, I got like four or five guys in there. So I was a little bit more bold this year with my freshman rankings. And I, I do like this. I like the talent of this class a lot at the wire receiver position. Um, a lot of high-end guys going to really good landing spots like Ohio State, USC. So uh, I do like this class. A little bit on the smaller side, there's not a lot of like alpha size. I did notice that. Kind of just wanted to say that. There's, there's a lot of uh, like six-footers, but like the six-foot-three and up, there's like two in the top 20 i think maybe top 25 so i do like the wide receiver class a lot here i think this is going to be the strength along with the qb class not really that strong in the rb category no and when i looked at this group it, it was a pretty deep group and it offered a lot of different types of players too right you know you've got some size you know guys like cook and, and guys like dickie um you got physicality you've got speed with guys like branch and guys like lem and you know i think it's an impressive class at, at first glance i love some of the situations like you were talking about you know you've got two of our c2c consensus top five wide receivers going to usc relatively unsettled room over there that we could see some freshmen making a major oh, no, spoilers, no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers <laughs> um i didn't mention any names Right. <laughs> they got to go look up who's who is going to USC. But I think I have personally about three or four of them in my top 20 debut wide receivers right now, but I am still a little bit earlier in the process than you are. So I still got a little more to figure out with the, with this wide receiver class yet. All right, let's go on. Let's go. Okay, let's go do, on we, do we have to, do we have to? <laughs> uh, Deuce Robinson, <laughs> yeah, I, we love Deuce Robinson. Rumors are out there that he might be a little too into baseball. And I don't know if he heard, but there's NIL now, which will pay him more than baseball will. So I really hope he takes an NIL deal to play football. For play football. Uh, but he's he hasn't committed yet. He's in between uh, Crystal Ball to USC or Georgia. I'd rather not Georgia. I mean, I know it's a tight end powerhouse, but I think he plays a little sooner at USC. Um, mm-hmm. But no, Deuce Robinson is six foot six, two twenty. He's great. I mean, he's he's a consensus tight end one. If you take out Alfred's ranking, who's absolutely tanking him right now. So if you take out Alfred's <laughs> ranking, everybody has him as tight end one. Um, but, you know, and then tight end two for everybody is is uh, Andrew uh, Rappel-Yay. I love saying the name. Rappel-Yay. Uh, going to Penn State. But uh, anyway, so it, that's that's the one tight end I'm looking at there in this class. Any any thoughts on the, t- on the tight end class? Yeah, you laugh because you know I haven't looked at any tight ends yet. So <laughs> I, I haven't looked at one. The only one that I even know about is aside from like those two, those two top guys is like Nicholas Har or uh, Nicholas Harbor, who's going to be. Uh, he might even play defense, and he's more athlete than any prospect at all. Oh, right he now should be playing defense too, man. Yeah, he should. he should. Anyway. He should. Yeah, he should be a defensive end. Yeah. All right, guys, that wraps it up today. If you enjoyed the show, please go review it. If you didn't. 
uh, just wait till next week and then and then reevaluate and we'll talk about it then. But so <laughs> thanks for watching you guys. And uh, Corey and I have started working on the Devi guide. Uh, so I just want to say that we are working on writing Devi profiles. The guy last year was great. I mean, we, the tier seven, tier eight, we cut those guys out. I mean, we nailed it. We nailed those guys. And our high end of the class two is pretty good too. So we were pretty accurate on the Devi guide. Anyway, guys, thanks for sticking with us. Good night and good luck. Thank you.